Might as well forget it. No way. We're unapologetically progressive. Progressive. KBLA Talk 30,000 cryptocurrencies, but listed on CoinMarketCap, there's about 20,000 cryptocurrencies. And I've always told you all, I am, uh, I would say I'm a Bitcoin fundamentalist now because in the past I have been a coinaholic. I used to buy everything thinking it was going to be the next big thing uh, and that I would be able to get something that was going to do what Bitcoin had done, but I would be first this time. And uh, I soon found out that a lot of that is just a lot of fluff, 
But what I do support are the black coins and the black coin companies and owners. Uh, and because I do that, a lot of people say, well, you're not a Bitcoin fundamentalist because you wouldn't be buying guap coin or 40 acres in a mule. It's called fam coin, 40 acres in a mule or a vibranium or any of these other coins. And I just really feel as though in order for them to get my support in this space, I have to support their project. Now, when I support their project, as I have stated before, before, not that anything is wrong with anyone's project, but if it does not pay me a return, I'm not upset about that because I did it to support the black business. If we don't support each other in this space, nobody else is. And so I know for a fact, that there's not a lot of other individuals that are supporting our black coin companies, and we've got to do that ourselves. And so I really do my best to uh, see what these coin companies are doing, what their mission is, how I can be of service if I need to actually purchase what's called a node or if I just need to purchase some coin and just keep their coin uh, in my possession just to support. I do that with collective for cooperative economics. And so, as we know, in and outside of the Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency space, all small businesses are the backbone of a strong community. And if we're going to have a strong community here in the cryptocurrency space, we definitely need to have our Bitcoin, but we also need to support those who are working on some initiatives. And just a quick initiative, because we're talking about cooperative economics, there's a coin called 40 Acres and a Mule, and they call it FAMA coin. And what they do is they actually provide uh, mentorship and they provide college uh, books for children that are at HBCUs and different things like that. And so, again, those are reasons for us to support these coins, not that they're going to raise in price or that we're going to make a lion's share of any type of money just because we're talking about building a strong community. And if I help in any little way possible in the strong community, uh, building a strong community, that trickles down in other ways. So, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we are going to jump into uh, and finish this crypto conversation about Umoja, this Ujama, excuse me. This is KBLA Talk 1580. In a moment, more with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, and to wrap up our fourth day of Kwanzaa Ujama. As we know, Bitcoin and blockchain technology give our community the ability to actually practice Ujamaa on a global scale with digital peer-to-peer currency that cannot be taken away. And that is the biggest thing of all, cannot be taken away. When everyone in the Bitcoin network actually comes together to form what we call a consensus on the protocol, uh, we are able to validate the transactions. And we talked a little bit about miners, those mining machines that validate transactions to make sure that whoever is selling or trading or whatever actually has that Bitcoin. That's a Bitcoin network. Everybody coming together. It's all on our computers. It's called distributed ledger. And so we're all able to see what's going on in real time. That is the epitome of cooperative economics. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that is our fourth principle and how it relates to Bitcoin. 
Ujamaa. So we are going to jump into our cryptocurrency news for the day. And I have been getting calls from some of my family members and just kind of scrolling through, looking at CNN, CNBC, and some of these other um, uh, news outlets. And they have really, 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 really started doubling down since this cryptocurrency exchange FTX collapsed. And they've been doubling down on their criticism of cryptocurrencies as some sort of Ponzi scheme. And so for those who need to... Just a quick review. A Ponzi scheme will start with an initial investment from early round of investors, and then the money is then used and spent for the purpose of the general partners or the users or the issuers of the investment project project to pay them out dividends and things of that sort. So when someone new comes in, then they pay the people that have been there before them. When it comes time that the original investors want to withdraw their funds, their investors are returned through funds investing by subsequent rounds of investors. And that's what a Ponzi scheme is. And so it always gives an illusion that there is solvency and that there are returns being made. And we've seen a a lot of that in this cryptocurrency space. But a lot of our commentators have it wrong. So I say no to advisors. And note to commentators that the FTX debacle is not indicative of anything that is going on with some of the cryptocurrencies. Now, there are some cryptocurrencies that are Ponzi schemes, and I definitely do know that. But we're talking about uh, Bitcoin. We're talking about um, Ethereum. We're talking about, as I stated before, because we're talking about cooperative economics, Guapcoin, Famcoin. Vibranium, those are not Ponzi schemes. Those coins, uh, all of those coins, have a a reason why they're in place and they are solvent. And so we've just got to make sure that we're understanding when we're listening to these news outlets really what is going on uh, because they will have you thinking that you're getting involved in a whole Ponzi scheme. But why cryptocurrency isn't a Ponzi scheme, let's be real clear here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Though there are bad actors that are using cryptocurrency as a medium with which to conduct Ponzi schemes, crypto itself is not, and I repeat, is not a Ponzi scheme. For one thing, tokens like Bitcoin and Ethereum, they hold their value, even in the down markets, and they don't really depend on inflows of money to pay off investors. Rather, holders of these tokens or coins can exchange them for Uh, other items of value. So yes, you can use your Bitcoin to go and buy some Starbucks coffee. Yes, you can use your Bitcoin to buy movie tickets. There are so many things that you can utilize your Bitcoin to purchase. Uh, But we really don't want to be spending our Bitcoin right now just because it's not realized its full potential, in my humble opinion. And, uh, you know, you can always swap it out for fiat currency. That fiat is just the paper money paper money uh, that you hold in your wallet or your pocket. And anytime you can find a counterparty willing to take your Bitcoin, that's just a plus. And so uh, we'll take your Bitcoin. If you want to sell us your Bitcoin, we will definitely buy your Bitcoin. That's what we love to do. There is no central entity giving these tokens the illusion of value, but instead the investing public's willingness to pay 
15,000 or 17,000 or 21,000 or even 68,000 for one Bitcoin determines the ultimate market value of the token. The most popular cryptocurrencies are able to actually deliver value in and of themselves without the manipulation of Ponzi scheme operators such as Sam Bankman-Fried. So that is my spiel on listening to these people really double down and say that cryptocurrency itself is a Ponzi scheme. It is absolutely not. And so we want to make sure that we know that. And we also want to make sure that you can explain that to your husband or your wife when they're saying, why are you buying that Ponzi scheme stuff, spending $6 a day or $6 a week or $6 a month? You need to be able to explain it for yourself. And um, it, and why cryptocurrency is not a Ponzi scheme. And if you need any help with explaining that or you have any direct questions that you would like to ask me, you can always, always, always uh, just send me a quick email at asknajaroberts at gmail.com or you can log on to my website, com, and just shoot me a quick um, a message on there. There is a section on there and I will answer those questions online. In fact, I saw some questions that we're going to be taking care of and answering on on Tuesday. But we want to make sure that you always have the ability to ask questions as, you know, your questions come up. So we're going to do that. Um, And we're going to do that starting 2023. I'm excited about that. And one of the other things that I wanted to share is that the European Central Bank, ECB, European Central Bank, has published a new report on the progress of its investigation into the possible launch of digital euros. This is a big deal, ladies and gentlemen. I have said over and over again that cryptocurrency is not going anywhere soon. And now more and more countries are trying to figure out how they get in the game, how they uh, move, how they launch, and all of those things. And the research will continue into next year with the regulators planning to make a decision whether to proceed in the realization of the project in the fall of 2023. Now, that is the actual European Central Bank. Um, And so these cryptocurrencies that they're going to come out with, or this cryptocurrency that they're coming out with, um, is going to be governed by... They have a governing council, and they're going to actually define the roles of this ECB and the market participants and the digital euro ecosystem. Now, when I was reading about what they were planning on doing, they call it a public and private uh, blockchain, which is quite interesting how they're going to mix the two. But the bottom line is this is a central bank, a centralized authority that will be starting a cryptocurrency, and they're going to have the full ability to be able to shut down your wallet when they get ready um, the way that they've done things in the past. It's going to be the same exact thing. So make no mistake about it. These actual central bank digital currencies are going to be a little, uh, a, a lot challenging. I was going to say a little bit challenging, but they're going to be a lot challenging. But this digital euro um, they are planning on in Europe to having them distributed through intermediaries, which is really interesting. So I'm trying to see or really figure out if this is really going to work out for them, because the more people they have involved in these transactions, the more likely they are going to get hacked or these 
uh, European zone, Eurozone, uh, central bank digital currencies are going to be uh, manipulated because there's too many people's hands on it. And so when we're looking at Bitcoin, we're talking peer to peer. So if you buy the Bitcoin from an exchange like you're doing right now, then you're able to actually hold on to your Bitcoin yourself. And we'll talk a little bit about self-custody when we come forward. But um, we want to make sure that we are clear that the central bank digital currency, I am in no way stating, is going to be a good thing. But I'm bringing these things up to you so that you understand that not just the United States, who's right now in a pilot for their central bank digital currencies, all the other countries around the world are trying to find out how they reckon with this new thing called digital currency. And so they're getting this digital euro together so that they can do issuance to the people. So they're, from what I'm reading, they're going to take each euro and they're going to give them a digital euro. And in substitution for that, they're looking at settlement. And they're looking at regulation and how that is going to play a part in them being able to keep control of it. And they got these people that they're calling supervised intermediaries. But you know how that works, ladies and gentlemen. When too many people have their hand in the pot, something is bound to happen, especially in this digital space where, you know, we have individuals that are just sitting uh, wherever they're sitting, hacking and doing all these things. Well, they've been doing that with regular computers, but just because these central bank uh, digital currencies are coming down the pipe, and I'm not going to say late, they're going to have to wake up early and go to bed late in order to get past a lot of these hackers and what they have planned for this. And so uh, these digital euros are going to be sent to these users, and it's going to be individuals, so that's families. But they're also going to make sure that the merchants and the businesses have these digital euro wallets, and they're going to uh, process these payments and provide other related services. And uh, they're all going to con conduct what is called Know Your Customer, KYC. And they are also going to conduct any money laundering checks. And that's going to be a part of their responsibilities, too. And so uh, the reason why they do that is to know your customer and any money laundering is so that uh, no one is laundering money and no one is or perceived to be uh, someone that's on a, a terrorist watch list or anything like that is not able to trade and do those sorts of things. So they're going to do their due diligence in that way. But that also gives them a gauge on who's using it, how much they're using it, what they're actually buying, I mean, they can track everything. They can track your spending down to the T. And I know that they can do that right now with that MasterCard and Visa, but they don't own the MasterCard and Visa portals. And so with this CBDC, this European CBDC, they're going to be able to track all of those things. So that is just one of the countries that is uh, launching or putting out paperwork to talk about them moving forward in that respect. And then there's another big boy that is about to launch digital asset trading platforms, and that is China, ladies and gentlemen. A marketplace for digital assets is soon going to open in China under a public-private partnership. There goes that word again, public-private partnership. I don't know how that works, but local media is talking about this. And according to the report, the goal is to establish a regulated trading platform for digital collectibles 
as a part of government efforts to curb market speculation with such assets. And so what they're going to do is you are going to, or they are going to be able to do some digital trading of collectibles. So that means NFTs and other digital assets. But the, uh, one of the bigger things is they're going to allow copyrights on this platform. And that's a big deal because we talk about all the things that are going to change in, in the world because of blockchain technology and cryptocurrency. And copyrights is definitely one of the things that's going to be be affected. Now, I don't know how this plays out because as I see it or as I have experienced um, copywriting in China, they don't they don't pay attention to copyrights over here in the United States, even though they should, but they don't. And to be able to copyright something on the blockchain is going to be a big deal. I don't think that I've ever mentioned to you all that Barbara Walden, the famous uh, makeup uh, professional, is my aunt. Barbara Walden had a Dickens of a time, uh, and I used to try to help her with those individuals that were over in China that were mimicking her makeup line and selling it all around the world. And and I just know that they do not abide by the, the, the copyrights uh, here in the United States. They come up with their own thing and they make it happen. So it's interesting that one of the first things that they're going to do is digital collectibles and copyrights because... Uh, I, I just don't even know how those two came up as the most important first, but that's what they're going to be doing over in China. And ladies and gentlemen, all of this that we're talking about is really just helping you understand that cryptocurrency isn't going anywhere anytime soon. It is definitely not a Ponzi scheme. There are so many different use cases for cryptocurrency, for non-fungible tokens. Uh, a non-fungible token can abs- absolutely be a copyright. And so someone has a unique patent or a unique something that they're trying to do, and they can copyright it uh, using one of these tokens. Now, I'm not sure which token they're going to be using. It didn't actually say that, but they are going to be putting together a whole whole department that um, – is built on China Technology Exchange. That's what they're calling it. And they're also going to be partnering with China Cultural Relics Exchange Center and making sure that the Copyright Service Center is on board as well. And it's actually going to launch on January 1st, 2023. So in just a couple of days, they will be launching this trading platform. And it's going to be interesting how this rolls out and it's going to be interesting how the United States sees it and how they follow suit. And I really hate to think that the United States is going to continue to sit on their hands and let the rest of the world get into the technology space. And they're getting left behind because they're not doing what they need to do in the right space at the right time. And so I think this is going to push our regulators and our uh, powers that be to really get in the game put some things in place and make it happen. So ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward after traffic, sports, and news, we are going to talk about the Ledger and Me 123 that we have coming up next week. This is Ahead of the Crypto Curve on KBLA Talk 1580. The station you turn to when you've had it up to gear with cultural incompetence. KBLA Talk 1580. 80. We're not ratings driven. We're engagement driven. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Can you dig it? Bring that beat back, man. Check it out. 
Welcome forward. Welcome forward. For those of you that are looking to secure your Bitcoin or any of your other cryptocurrencies in your own cold storage wallet, I know you've heard it, but guess what? The Ledger in Me 123 is back. And this is a virtual event where I actually help you set up your Ledger device so you can move your Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency safely to your private cold storage. And so a lot of people have been asking, like, what is a ledger? How does it work? Uh, why am I saying that you need to get it factory direct? And so I'm just going to take a few minutes today and make sure that we address those things. And so there are several types of ledgers, uh, but I want you to just stay basic. There's a ledger Nano S and there's a Ledger Nano X, like an X-ray. And so first and foremost, the Ledger is an actual device. Now, everything that we've been doing in the cryptocurrency space, mostly on exchanges and things like that, everything's been virtual. There's been no physical device that you can hold in your hand. No Bitcoin is held in your hand. But this Ledger actually gets held in your hand, and this Ledger is designed to either put in your safe deposit box or your safe or wherever, and your actual, uh, it is the, the key to unlock your Bitcoin wallet for you. So your Bitcoin is not stored on the ledger. It is not stored on the ledger. It, again, is a key to open the blockchain, which is digital, and allow you to move your Bitcoin from one place to the next. And so with this ledger, it's about the size of a flash drive. It's about the size of your thumb or a little bit, a, a lot thinner than your thumb, but it's the size of your thumb. You can actually put it in your pocket. You can wear it around your neck. When I travel, I wear it around my neck. Um, and it allows you to be able to unlock the blockchain from no matter where you are. So, you know, when I first got started in this cryptocurrency space, I used to always say, you can travel with millions of dollars around your neck and nobody would even know you had millions of dollars because you don't have any roll-on, you don't have any baggage, you don't have any carry-on, you don't have a purse, it's just you, a pair of pants, a t-shirt, some shoes, and your ledger. But I am going to say that you can do that. But this ledger is just the key to unlock the blockchain so that you can move your Bitcoin. So you can go anywhere in the world and plug it into a device and retrieve your Bitcoin, which is great. It is absolutely phenomenal. But these are what we call cold storage wallets or hardware wallets. And it is offline storage, unlike the exchanges. Those are online. This is totally offline until you plug it in and move your Bitcoin, and then you take it back offline. Um, and, and Ledger is a very reputable com company. Again, I'm not getting paid to say anything about Ledger. I just prefer Ledger only because we've not had any issues with any of our clients over the last six years. And not only have we never had any issues with any of our clients, it really just works good for beginners. Now, you can get as fancy as you want with this thing, but I just say keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. So if you get a Ledger Nano S, S is in Sam, you will not uh, really miss out on anything. And I would say get the Ledger Nano S 
because it runs about um, price wise is about seventy nine dollars right now, and the Ledger Nano X is an X ray is $149. So if you're starting out small, I would say start with the Ledger Nano S. Both of them are cold storage wallets. Both of them you can hold over uh, 1,800 cryptocurrencies on there, different types of cryptocurrencies. They're secure offline. You don't need, um, with the Ledger Nano S, it's a really guided setup, which I'm going to help you with on the Ledger and Me 1, 2, 3. We walk through it. And just so you get kind of a thought of how this is done, I actually have everybody come on to the Zoom. You do not show your face, and you give us a name. You can be whatever you want to be. You can be Sexy Chocolate, but we do not put first and last name. If you're going to put your first name, don't put your last name, vice versa. We make sure that everybody is anonymous, and I go through and make sure that everyone is anonymous. Why do I do that? Because right now we only have $6 worth of Satoshis. But what if Bitcoin goes to a million dollars per coin? Then you're going to have way more than any $6 worth of Satoshis because the value of your $6 Satoshis could possibly be a million dollars in five to ten years. And so you want to make sure that you've done everything that you can do to safeguard yourself starting now while you have a little so that when you are in a position where you have a lot, you have not made yourself a victim or fallen victim to to anything because you want to stay anonymous. And so this is not one of the things that I suggest people run out and tell everybody, I got my ledger wallet or something like that. Um, You know, even on social media, we've had a lot of kind of, a little bit of spat about whether or not people should be exposing that they even hold ledger wallets. This is your, this is your money. Why would you tell people how much money you have in the bank? You wouldn't walk down the street and say, Hey, you know, I got $50,000 in my bank account. You just wouldn't do that. So the same thing you do with regular money you want to do in this Bitcoin space. And so this ledger wallet is considered your bank. It is your bank. It is your key to get into your Bitcoin. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, we want to make sure that we're discreet and we want to make sure that we keep you safe. So you still have time to order it. If you need to order a Ledger wallet, you can go to NajaRoberts.com forward slash Ledger, L-E-D-G-E-R. Again, NajaRoberts forward slash Ledger. And you can order your Ledger. And uh, it's going to ship in about two to three days. You have time still to get it by next Friday so you can join in on the Ledger and me. And then I'm going to help you take your Bitcoin off the Black Wall Street wallet or Binance or Coinbase or Cash App, wherever you have it, where your Bitcoin is being stored right now, you can actually take it and put it in your ledger and sleep better at night because you know that you are custodying, self-custodying your own keys. So ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, I am going to say why you need to be buying your ledger factory direct. Because it is really important when we come forward. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Old money, old money, new money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KBLA Talk 1580. Now, now let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. So where should you be buying your ledger from? You need to go directly to ledger, which is why on the NigelRoberts.com website, we actually have a direct link. 
You need to be aware of what we call phishing scams because there are sites that look like Ledger, but they're not actually Ledger. And the reason why, you don't want to buy one from there because they will send you a ledger. And when they send you that ledger, they will have already tampered with and gotten your private keys, your seed words off there, sealed it up, made it look brand new and pretty, and sent it to you. And they can actually wait five or ten years. And as long as they have those seed words, you will lose every single dime that you have in your wallet. If you do not get your ledger factory direct trying to save a couple bucks, that is not a good idea. I'm going to tell you that. So don't go on Amazon and buy a ledger. Don't go on OfferUp and buy a ledger. A lot of people are always trying to save a quick buck. Don't do that because right now, again, your Bitcoin is worth $6. Your Satoshis are worth $6. But in the very near future, they can be worth millions of dollars. And I said could be. Again, I'm not saying that your Bitcoin is going to go up to millions of dollars, but it could very well do that. And someone could have access to those C words prior to you getting it because you didn't go factory direct. And uh, it's a really, really, really big deal. And so I am hoping that each and every one of you will visit the NigelRoberts.com forward slash ledger, L-E-D-G-R. And go ahead and purchase your ledger and get it shipped to your home. Now, uh, once you get it shipped to your home or shipped to an address of your choice, I'm going to tell you what I've told people in the past. Now, a lot of you already have a ledger, so it's probably a little bit too late. But I have always suggested to people that they not use their actual home address to send their ledger to. Why is that? Because the ledger device does not get hacked, but in the past, There have been people who have hacked into the Ledger database or hacked into the Equifax database or or hacked into Target's database. And what does that do? That gives people your address to your house. It gives them your email, your phone number, your credit card, all of those things. And again, your Bitcoin is not worth much right now, but what if it gets to where it needs to be? They have an address to where you live and they can just come and tell you to turn over your Ledger and your seed words to them. Now, even if they you don't give them your ledger, but you give them your seed words, they still have access to unlocking your Bitcoin off the blockchain. And so we really want to be careful. And so I've always stated, you know, it's a good idea to have your ledger sent to a house or a P.O. box or somewhere else that is not yours. But I understand if you can't do that, just go ahead and order it. I don't want you to be afraid or anything like that. I'm just trying to bring out all the precautions or uh, make you hip to all the precautions that you can take to really safeguard your uh, Bitcoin. And so it is incredibly, incredibly important to buy your Ledger Factory Direct. Now, on Amazon, you're going to see Ledger, and I believe Amazon has some individuals that were, I just don't trust anybody. So they were they were authorized by Ledger to sell them on Amazon, and uh, I just don't trust anybody. We were actually an authorized dealer for Ledger, but I realized Ledger was sending them to a, a third party, and then the third party was sending them to us, and then we were the ones that are responsible if something happened down the line because 
you bought your ledgers from us. And so we just decided it was just a better idea for you to go directly through the company and not through us because it was actually changing hands two times, even though we were licensed and bonded and made sure everything was in place so that you were safe. Um, the, uh, the, the probability of someone tampering with it and then giving it to us and then we're selling it thinking it's new was still a possibility. And so I just didn't feel good about that. Now, again, your Bitcoin will not be stored on your ledger. So if the ledger device, this thumb drive, falls in the water, if it gets run over by a car, if you lose it, you do not lose access to your Bitcoin because all you have to do is ensure or make sure that you have your 24 seed words. Your seed words are going to look like the words tree, um, wood, a a bunch of four or five-letter words that you're going to have. And you must know them in chronological order. So you're going to store those words somewhere. So if somebody comes into your house and they steal your safe and your ledger is in there, but your words are not in there, then you're in good shape. But if they steal your safe and you have your ledger in there and you have the C word stored in the same place, that's a bad deal. They can actually access your Bitcoin because all they need are the seed words. And so I want to make sure that everyone is clear. Your Bitcoin is not stored on these devices. It's just the key where you put the 24 words to allow you to get into the blockchain to move your Bitcoin from place to place. And so for this Ledger Me event, I order a new ledger all the time, every time, so you can see how it's supposed to look, what's supposed to be in there, uh, because you really, even factory direct, you want to make sure that it hasn't been tampered with. And so we do our best, best, best due diligence to make sure that we're setting ourselves up for success, not right now, but in the very, very near future. And so, again, if you haven't already ordered your ledger for your your ledger cold storage device, for your ledger and me, one, two, three, if you want to attend, and you can attend by going on to NajaRoberts.com forward slash ledger, and you can also register right there on the site for the ledger and me, one, two, three. It is well worth it for those individuals who are a little bit apprehensive as it relates to moving your Bitcoin off these cryptocurrency exchanges into your own cold storage device, you have to. You literally have to because of what you see going on with places like FTX. You want to be in control of your own coin. With that, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we will get into our daily dollar cost average. This is KBLA Talk 1580. You're linked to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. Stock up and save big now on appliances and more at the truckload event at Lowe's. For a limited time only, get up to an additional $600 off select major appliances and instant savings from top brands like Whirlpool and Frigidaire. Plus, get store-wide savings on even more items that you need. Head to your local Lowe's store or visit Lowe's.com to shop the truckload event today. Exclusions apply while supplies last. Selection varies by location. See Lowe's.com for details. Dial 1229 through 140. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard and they're like, it's better than yours. Spilled your milkshake? Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up spills quicker. And each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less than the leading ordinary brand. So you can get back to your milkshake. My milkshake brings. 
brings all the boys to the yard and they're like, it's better than your bounty. The quicker picker upper. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. We are going to do our daily dollar cost average. And as we always do at the end of our show, I would like for you to actually download and or pull out your cell phones and Open up your Black Wall Street Wallet app. Now, the Black Wall Street Wallet, so we can continue to be clear, is a custody-type wallet, which means you do not have your private keys, but you have to buy it from somewhere. So we want to buy it on the Black Wall Street, and then we want to take custody of it ourselves. And so we're going to open up the Black Wall Street Wallet by clicking on the purple circle in the middle of this app. And it has two arrows that go either direction. And we are going to uh, click Buy Asset. And when you click on Buy the Asset, you are going to be getting Bitcoin. And we're going to do $6. Now, as you see here on the app, you can either set it up and forget it. Well, you don't have to do this every single day. You can just listen to me do it. Or you can do as I do, and you can actually uh, go ahead and and do this daily. And so you can pick $6 one time, and you can pick the designated wallet that your Bitcoin is going to go in. Mine says KBLA, Talk 1580. So I'm going to click on that, and I'm going to continue. And I am going to go forward and purchase my $6 worth of Satoshis. A Satoshi is the smallest increment of a, a Bitcoin, just like a penny is the smallest increment of a dollar. And we are doing this on the radio for the next four months uh, to ensure that we go a whole entire year dollar cost averaging so you all can see how just $6 a day can actually add up. And then we'll look at this same wallet in a year and show you how or what the Bitcoin has done from there. And so we're going to make these comparisons. It'll give us a story for many, many years to come on what we did for a year with $6 a day in the Black Wall Street wallet. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, with that, we are making way for the D.L. Hughley Show. I want to thank each and every one of you for rocking with me on Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires. One day at a time, one family at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. Please have an incredible rest of your day. This is KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.